All hands, this is the captain speaking. Starfleet has confirmed reports that Romulus was destroyed two weeks ago by an ultranova in the adjacent Toba system. The colonies and subjugated worlds that survived are in need of humanitarian aid. Arabella has been assigned to a convoy that will cross the neutral zone in order to provide assistance. We are uncertain of the reception we will receive, but it is likely... It is likely we will be met with resistance from the Romulan people. They won't want to accept charity from the Federation. But the captain says we should be prepared to accept evacuees and deal with confrontations with rogue members of the military. Security teams will need to be ready at a moment's notice. We will begin begin drills at at 0800 to prepare. Sick bay may be inundated with ill and wounded. I don't want my department to be overwhelmed. Many of you were a part of the staff aboard the Tiberius. You were seasoned veterans. I know you are fully capable of handling this situation. Shields up. Red alert. Captain, our shields cannot take much more. Beyond the neutral zone, the Romulan people suffer in chaos. The Hobus Ultranova laid waste to their fractured empire. Stability has crumbled and infrastructure ravaged. Friend and foe amass in shadows, waiting to pick their bones. Yet the Federation takes nothing but their burdens. These are the voyages of Arabella, the flagship of the Seventh Fleet. Its mission, to defend the helpless, to render aid where needed, to befriend a former enemy, to boldly go where no Starfleet vessel has gone before. Hi, you're listening to the Trucks and Sci-Fi Microcast, The Ready Room. This is Kenny. It's been a while since we chatted last. We have been kind of crazy around here. And we uh, let the ready rooms uh, kind of uh, slow down a bit. We apologize for that. We're just now starting to pick things back up. They're actually just now starting season 11 of the RPG. So if you want to join in, this would be the perfect time to jump in. And instead of trying to do a huge catch up with the RPG, there's so many posts. Uh, I think we only got probably a third of the posts done. We went up to 139 is what we played. We instead are going to be doing summaries to kind of sum up season 10, and then we'll start fresh and new with season 11, and um, you guys can keep up from then. So our first summary is going to be from post 1 to 139. These are ones that were previously read, but it's been a while, so we just want to get your uh, memory fresh. And then we will have a second summary that will summarize the remaining of the season. That will be coming up uh, fairly soon. So let's go ahead and take a listen to Crystal's summary of post 1 to 139. When the star Hobus went supernova, it laid waste to the Romulan star empire's core, and the jewel of the realm, Romulus, is no more. Leaving the remnants of a once great empire torn, crumbling, and those of its people whom are left shattered and splintered. The USS Arabella has been assigned the task of spearheading the Seventh Fleet. Their mission? To provide humanitarian aid and serve as an envoy of peace towards the decimated Romulan survivors. The captains and first officers from the recently dispatched fleet of ships have merged on the Arabella to discuss the progress of their rescue efforts. 
XO Eric James gives a briefing regarding recently received distress call the fleet has picked up from a nearby sector. With all the other ships currently occupied, the flagship takes the assignment. When the Arabella reaches the sector, it is able to confirm that the vessel has taken heavy damage from weapons fire, and with no signs of the perpetrators of this attack nearby, the gravity of the situation has increased. Captain Savril speaks to a woman calling herself Senator Navash on the ship. Reluctant and suspicious, Navash does admit that a rogue warbird attacked them. After some convincing and against some of the other passengers' objections, the offer of assistance is accepted. Eric James leads the away team. Chief of Operations, Catan. Chief of Security, Joseph DeCallan. Security Officer, Ensign Dalen. And Chief Medical Officer, Ryla Drett, are all assigned to accompany the XO. Helmsman, Mr. Galdar, is ordered to preset a course to rendezvous with the fleet once the away team and their charges return. Science Officer Zarem carries on his search for any signs of another ship. Chief Officer Tolik oversees the preparations in the shuttle bays to receive the refugees, while Councillor Margon does what he can to quell the concerns from those on board. CMO Ryla Drett heads to the shuttle bay for medical, while Eric James says goodbye to his children, and DeCallan orders Lieutenant Dunn to ensure that the shuttle bay has sufficient enough security well before the refugees arrive. The Arabella's archaeologist, Ensign Hermanito, sends a message to his brother updating him on what he's doing on the ship. Engineering Officer Lester Garris continues to monitor the navigation deflector system for anything out of the ordinary. Dr. Casey Peterson makes sure that sickbay is ready to receive any serious or life-threatening injuries. Making his way to the shuttle bay, Catan is thrilled to have a chance at venturing into a Romulan ship. Arriving at the runabout, Shelby exchanges pleasantries with Ryla Drett. Then she settles into the security station. When Catan arrives, though, the situation turns a bit tense as the ops chief and the CMO exchange words. Savril mulls over the mission, as well as the controversial choice of bringing Eric James, her husband, in as her XO on the Arabella. And Margon arrives on the bridge to offer what services he can to the captain. Galdar is ever vigilant as he watches for any suspicious readings or anomalies. A brief spike from an unusual frequency catches the Fring's interest, but is gone before he can investigate it further. Security Officer Ensign Darius Shane feels left out of the loop because he's not included on the away mission. However, with ambition at his side, he takes control of the situation. Contacting the chief, he offers to take charge of ensuring that all the key locations on the ship are protected. DeCallan agrees. Ensign Hermanito heads to the shuttle bay, where he encounters Ensign Dunn, who is preparing for the influx of refugees. Herm offers his assistance. Science Officer Zarem completes another scan, which yields nothing, as he searches for any vessels which could have attacked the warbird. The Andorian conveys these observations as well as his concerns about the captain herself, who is his longtime friend. Once Eric James arrives on the shuttle and the mission is cleared for go, the Presidio leaves the Arabella. On the failing ship, we meet Nala Girac, who is waiting with the rest of the survivors. She is the daughter of a previously decorated Tal Shiar commander, who was branded a traitor as a result of his defection when she was a mere infant. As word of the Arabella's rescue spreads, the young Romulan woman felt a fire deep inside of her, being fueled by her hatred for the Federation, whom she believed tricked her father into his betrayal. After landing on the Romulan vessel, the team proceeds with caution. They find no visible signs of anyone on board, but after doing a preliminary scan with their tricorders, they find life signs. James gives his orders. DeCallan and him will search the ship. Catan and the doctor will head to engineering while Dalen is assigned to remain with the Presidio and render aid from there as well as monitor life signs on the team. 
From the bridge of the Arabellic, Yaldar watches the crippled vessel's warp drive as well as he can through the partially collapsed cloak. He has many concerns and tells Captain Savril, but regrets his boldness later. Nala slips away from the other Romulans, making her way towards the shuttle bay. She is intent on not falling into the hands of the Federation. She plans on stealing the Presidio and fleeing. Kitan and Dret reach engineering where they find a mass of people. Two of them are injured, possibly critical. Ryla is hurt by one of the refugees who is protecting the critical Romulan woman, who turns out to be Senator Dumbash. The senator was attacked because she permitted the away team to board the ship and render aid. The other patient is the other senator who attacked her. Catan uses his knowledge of Klingon birds of prey to figure out the Romulan warbird's setup in engineering. His goal is to find the cloaking device and disable it. He attempts to elicit aid from the refugees, but none of them will assist him. Taking the initiative, he figures out where the device is and he severs the cables. Galdar plays witness to the Romulan vessel finally decloaking, and the Arabella starts receiving complete information on the wounded ship. In the Ferengi's estimation, the away team has about 50 minutes to locate and evacuate all the refugees on the ship. Eric and Joseph enter the cargo hold to find survivors within, and to their surprise, there is an out-of-place-looking Cardassian who's claiming to be a legate. While waiting for the away team to return, Shelby's attacked by a desperate Nala in the shuttle bay. The pair fight, but in the end... Jerok is taken down and secured by Dalen on the runabout until she can notify the Exo or Decalon. Savril, quietly and in her own Vulcan way, lets Margon know that she appreciates his support. Returning to main engineering, Catan urges Ryla to stabilize the patients so they can leave. However, the damage to the woman is extensive. Dredd is going to have to take her time. Decalon contacts Shelby with an update, and when she tries to tell him about Nala because of the Legate's proximity, Joe thinks better of it. Chief Tolak continues to check on the ordered modifications to the shuttle bay. The moment the cloak is down, though, he starts checking the transporters. Once he has his double checks done, he gives the captain the green light. Ryla and Katan start moving their party out of engineering and towards the shuttle bay slowly. The ship begins to destabilize, resulting in a collapse of a corridor ahead of them. They will have to sort out another way round via an alternate route. The captain's thoughts move to the away team and Eric James, who wants to bring the cloaking device back with him. DeCallan and Eric make their way out of the cargo bay unhindered by any serious issues. Despite the dangers, the XO is still determined to get the cloaking device. The captain, though, orders him to leave it as the ship continues to deteriorate. Eric and Catan try to compare notes on their status, but communications are spotty. The operations officer tells Ryla that he believes that he can use the shuttle's transporters to get them to the bay. Dret tells him to go. In its last gasp, the Romulan ship starts experiencing a cascade failure of its structural integrity. Catan reaches the shuttle, and Shelby and him start working on the Presidio's transporters. Taking note of Dalen's secured guest, Catan continues his work. Eric comes up with a variation on Catan's idea using warp static to create an umbrella which will allow for the Arabella to boost its transporting ability. It will cost them the shuttle, though. Eric conveys his idea to Shelby and Catan. The security officer works the engineering controls on the shuttle, while the operations officer heads into the base so he can pull whatever power he can from the failing ship. DeCallan contacts Shelby to give her an ETA. Shelby finally tells him about the Romulan woman who attacked her. Not wanting a lot of questions, he tells her to bandage her up to conceal her identity. As Catan works, his tricorder displays one additional life sign in the area. It appears to be small, plus a child. Keeping an eye on the device, the chief keeps working until Dalen updates him that the bubble is starting to form.
Shelby notifies Exo James that they can start to transport survivors to the Arabella. DeCallan and Ryla's groups are beamed off and back to the Arabella first. Eric James finds out from DeCallan that Shelby was attacked by one of the Romulan refugees. The Exo orders to have her confined to the brig, medically treat her if needed, and from there question her. As the XO arrives in the shuttle bay, Dalen is cleared to transport with an unconscious Nala Shirak. When she arrives on the transporter pad, Joe meets her. DeCallan uses the side-to-side transporters to get all three of them to the brig. Once there, they settle Nala into her own cell. Nurse Kane visits the prisoner, tending to her minor injuries. After she leaves, the chief admonishes, and yet at the same time also shows concern towards Dalen. As Joe leaves security, we find out that Susan Kane is also Joe's adopted sister, and his dislike for Cardassians becomes more clearly defined. After an hour or so, Nala wakes up in Shelby and her exchange words. The bitterness of her life seeps through, and from that, the security officer realizes who the Romulan woman is. Afterward, Shelby notifies DeCallan she is awake. Tolak drops in on Shuttle Bay 2. It is bustling with activity, but he knows it's far from being finished. Hermanito is disappointed as he leaves the shuttle bay, feeling that he might not have been as helpful as he wanted to be. He also notes that there are more security people around the ship in key areas. Catan tells Eric James that there is one more survivor on the ship that needs to be rescued, possibly a child. James agrees, then sets the Presidio's audio-destruct sequence. A Klingon warbird waits silently under cloak, but takes no action against the Arabella. As the ship expands its sensors, the craft's cloak fluctuates, nearly exposing its location. The captain, Karak, kills the officer responsible for his incompetence. Back on the Presidio, the Exo purges the shuttle's memory systems, as well as the Romulan replicator database and the navigational charts, which he forwards to the Arabella. On the Arabella, Leggett Rayon mocks the Federation rescue and Galdar worries that the ship may not have enough time to escape the system in an emergency. Back on the crippled Romulan ship, Catan's hands are full as he finds the child nearby. Soon as Eric gets word that Catan has the survivor with him, the trio transport off the ship. The chaos of the incoming refugees continue, but once Savril gets word that the away team and their charges are safe on the Arabella, she immediately gives the order to leave the system. Complying, Galder uses his ingenuity to throw off any possible hidden foes from following them. Some of the Presidio's components and armaments materialize in engineering, leaving Lester and Tolak to handle them. Upon being told that Nala is awake, DeCallan notifies a captain who wants to talk to the Romulan woman. In the brig, while waiting for the captain to arrive, Joe divulges to Shelby that the XO and CO are longtime family friends and that he admires them a great deal. Anger owns the young Romulan woman, Nala Jirak, while she talks to Captain Savril, making their conversation difficult for both. The captain leaves orders with the security chief that the Romulan woman is to be released later, but that she is to have an escort at all times. DeCallan gets an update on security from Dunn. While Joe is busy, Shelby checks on Nala Jirak's father in the Federation database. Catan watches from the safety of the ship with the child as the Romulan vessel finally explodes. While Dr. Peterson has his hands full in sickbay and Ryla Durrett and Myela Peterson finish the operation on Senator Davash successfully. Tara Stas and Catan discuss their date as the operations officer heads to 
sickbay to see Dr. Drep with the child. The captain, Eric James, Ensign Hermanito, and Counselor Margon visit the refugees. Understandably, the Romulans are frightened and upset. They want to know what's going on and what's going to happen to them. Savril explains that if they can all agree on one person in their group to represent them, it will make getting things done easier. Dalen finishes looking at Inala's background and runs into Decalon on her way back to the brig. They exchange words, and Joe assigns her to being the Romulan woman's security detail permanently. Savril and Eric's children are conned into doing breakfast chores for him, including cleaning his dog. Returning to Nala, Shelby has to weather digs about her being in Starfleet and for being half-human. The security officer, though, doesn't rise to it. Instead, she displays her knowledge of who she knows the Romulan woman is, which annoys Nala to no end. The remaining Romulan senators gather to meet with the captain, and Legate Rayon tries to keep the pop stirred by casting doubts. As the captain, Exo, and Joe make their way to the meeting, DeCallan discusses his doubts about leaving the Cardassian with the Romulans in the first place. During the meeting, the legate continues to be disruptive. To facilitate the situation, Joe gives him a tour of the brig, as well as a security detail that will accompany him at all times. The child Catan found hasn't spoken since his rescue. The operations officer was concerned by this, but at the medical exam, Dr. Jurette explained that it could just be the trauma of everything. Mr. Zerim notifies the captain that he's found some unusual patterns hidden in the files the XO sent over from the Romulan ship. The Andorian science officer is directed to work with Security Chief DeCallan. Savril and Eric discuss the day's events in the captain's ready room, while Chief Tolik begins to mull the possibility of rebuilding a shuttle to replace the Presidio. Coming off his shift, Galdar heads to his quarters. After that, he plans on going to the afterburner to meet with Ryla Dredd, who regularly hangs out there. Syra Frederick, the afterburner's hostess, serves Ryla a drink as Galdar arrives late and apologizes. The doctor brushes it off, though, and then introduces the Fringi to her date, Jared Olson. DeCallan, after looking over what Mr. Zerem found, assigns Ensign Dalen to help the Andorian to work on decoding the information. Catan and Terra Stas enjoy some Klingon foreplay, but the moment is short-lived when they are interrupted by the small child from the doomed Romulan ship. Changing the direction of their evening, the operations officer instead takes Stas and the child to the afterburner for dinner. In the distance, Commander Orin, who has been sent as a liaison by the Empress, pursues the Arabilla in his own personal ship. Ensign Hermanito carries on processing information from the refugees, and one of them, an old man, takes a liking to him. Receiving her new orders, Shelby is relieved of guard duty by Dunn so that she can go see Mr. Zerem about the files, he discovered, and DeCallan receives a message from Cardassian Central Command regarding the legate. Digging through the information, Shelby and Zerem find a mixture of personal and work-related files. They appear to belong to Senator Nabosh. Making some copies of the information, the security officer returns to guarding Nala when they are done. After catching up to the Arabella, Oren clamps on to the Starfleet vessel's hull so he can make contact with them finally. In the afterburner, Ryla and Galdar tell her date Jared the story of Operation Sonic Strike, an incident they were involved in while they were at the Academy, where they fixed a rival shower to remove all her body hair. During this exchange, Ryla realizes that she has no attraction for Jared, and the date is soon over. 
Savril tucks her children into bed after reading to them, but their busy minds keep them asking questions. Afterwards, Eric and the captain have some private time of their own, shortly before an intruder alert goes off. Joseph awakes to the alert and goes into action, calling Darius Shane and Shelby Dalen to the briefing room as backup while he heads out, too. The dinner in the afterburner is going fairly well for Catan and Staz until the intruder alert calls the operations officer away. Meeting the captain and the XO in the lift, the chief of security shows Eric proof that the Cardassian who's been boasting that he is a legate turns out to be in fact a simple barber who was run out of Cardassia. Ensigns Dalen and Shane meet the others just outside the briefing room. Upon entering, the team finds Commander Oren waiting for them with a bottle of spirits. The Romulan informs them that he will be serving as their liaison and who has sent him. The captain stands down the security officers, although not all of them are open to trusting him yet. They do obey their orders. Before DeCallan leaves, Oren tells him of the Klingon bird of prey following them. Frustrated by recent events, DeCallan invites Shelby to meet him in the holosuite for training. Before she arrives, though, she drops by the Romulan liaison's ship to talk to him. The pair exchange a game of vocal chess, which ends in a stalemate. Ryla, upon returning from her date, has to sedate several patients whom are getting into fights with one another. One of them is Navash. After she leaves to unwind, she runs into Oren, who flirts with her in the lift and asks her to dinner with him. Joe and Shelby train in the hollow suite. The ensign tells the chief that she has talked with Oren and that he has invited her to tour his ship. DeCallan, displeased by this, almost tells the ensign not to go, but Shelby persuades him it would be advantageous, and a growing attraction becomes more obvious between the pair. Thanks so much for doing that, Crystal. I really appreciate it. Like I said, we're still not sure how the writing room is going to uh, work out. Uh, we don't know if we'll have different hosts or if we'll be doing post readings, commentary. Um, it's still a work in progress. We're still working it out. We're all extremely busy with other things. And uh, unfortunately, the writing room has taken the brunt of all that. But we hope to bring you at least something. If it's just post readings, then it'll be just post readings to keep you guys updated on the story. We may have have commentary from listeners or writers um like i said it's still all work in progress so stick with us and uh stay tuned for the second part of season 10 summary and then we will start fresh with season 11 i think that's gonna do it hailing frequencies closed (laughs) no i don't think he likes you at all (laughs) no i don't like you either (laughs) i love that that is so great that's good writing. Yes. Because it's not much dialogue. And because <clears throat> George Lucas didn't write all the <coughs> dialogue. <laughs> I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And when you're not listening to this glorious podcast, we would love to have you listen to ours, the Anomaly Podcast. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. <laughs> 
Greetings, guildies. I'm Kenny. And I'm Jenny. After listening to this great podcast, why don't we turn into our podcast? Knights of the Guild. The official fan podcast for the web series The Guild. Each month, we'll bring you the latest news about the Guild cast, including what projects they're working on and what conventions they'll be attending. Also, we'll be updating you on the current season. We'll talk about some behind-the-scenes fun of Season 2. As well as having cast, crew, and fan interviews. So head over to iTunes and subscribe to Knights of the Guild. Or go to our website for a direct download at knightsoftheguild.podbean.com. Zaboo! (laughs) Hi, I'm Rick Moyer, and I want to tell you about my brand new podcast. It's called Take Him With You. Every week I talk about what's going on in my geeky little world of television, music, and in my faith. My hope is that in a world that can sometimes be really depressing, for at least a few moments you can be encouraged and smile a bit. So come check it out. www.takehimwithyou.com The weekly podcast that's spiritual, not religious. I'd love to have you listen. Thanks. Hello there, my name is Med. And this is David Frost. You're not David Frost. Alright, I mean, this is Mark. And we are the present Mark. Alright, get on with it. Okay. And we're the presenters of Waffle on Podcast. And we like to talk about crap. TV broadcast between 1960 to 1999. Would you say it's crap? Some of it. Really? <laughs> Especially the British stuff. But we were on a podcast about that, so let's move up on that. Unbelievable. You can find us at the http colon forward slash forward slash waffleon.podbean.com Do not smile when I say the word colon. I'm not! I'd be honoured if you could take a few minutes to check out my little show, Happy Times. If you own an iPod, Touch, or an iPhone, if you love applications but are feeling the pinch of the current economic climate, then this is the podcast for you. Each week I'll review a free or cheap application and spend a few minutes gassing on about why I like it. Or not. Buying apps over the air can be both addictive and expensive, so why not spend a few minutes a week listening to Appy Times, and I'll try to separate the wheat from the chaff. Just go to appytimes.podbean.com or search the iTunes store for Appy Times. That's A-P-P-Y-T-I-M-E-S. Come and share the Appy Times with me.